You're listening to Creed and Deed, a podcast discussing biblical truth and its application to everyday life. There is a a ringing of hope that God is is gracious and merciful, and He's not done with them yet. God says, "No, no, I will provide the proper sacrifice or the proper covering for you, my creation." So Abraham really is doing what we are also called to do in 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 being. <laughs> and interceding on behalf of the people. We are going and, and pleading for them before the Lord. You can you can skim through this, read this a hundred times, and miss what was just said. Then God remembered Rachel, and God listened to her. Welcome to the Creed Indeed. It's Rob Lindley and Tim Hare with you back again and finishing the book of Genesis. Tim, we've gone through uh, the book of Genesis and now we come to the end, the end of the life of Jacob, who is Israel. This is a this is a key moment in the text of Scripture as Israel passes away. The blessings of God, he passes on to his children And, uh, you know, uh, interesting set of scriptures here, probably a lot to discuss. Let's get right into it. Genesis chapter 49. What do we see, Tim? Uh, Rob, I love it. You just jumped right in, man. Let's do 48. 48. (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, happy new New year, everybody. Uh, So, yeah, Genesis 48. Coming to the end of Genesis, uh, we are uh, nearing the end of Jacob's life, and really the, these next two chapters just comprise Jacob's final words, uh, and they're his final words of blessings uh, to his sons. Uh, but but forty eight is an uh, interesting passage in that it's it's uh, Jacob specifically coming to Joseph. And so they have been reunited. The son that he thought he had lost, had never seen, uh, would never see again. Uh, He's now getting to see uh, his grandsons from Joseph. And uh, we're given their names, Manasseh and Ephraim. And uh, the, the, uh, in this um, passage, Jacob kind of, uh, relives some of the things that he's done. He re, re, he reiterates uh, the promises of God um, almost verbatim. Uh, and in verse four, um, he's, he's speaking to Joseph and, and he says, uh, behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply you. And I will make of you a company of peoples and will give this land to your offspring after you for an everlasting possession. Uh, and so he's re- reiterating that God, uh, has continued to show himself faithful. And so he's now going to bless Ephraim and Manasseh. uh, And he's going to, he tells Joseph that Ephraim and Manasseh are going to become his own sons. 
So, so uh, Ephraim and Manasseh are going to exist in a state where actually Jacob is their father, and thus they are going to receive uh, the blessing of being a son of Israel. Um, yeah, it's interesting, Tim. Here, when you when you speak of the the twelve tribes of Israel, Levi is taken off, and often e- Ephraim and Manasseh are substituted for Joseph and Levi. Tell us about that that perspective of that substitution, and here that we see that happening here in forty eight, where you where you're talking about that we're almost skipping Joseph and moving to his sons. In verse five, he says, and now your two sons who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt are mine. Ephraim and Manasseh shall be mine as Reuben and Simeon are. Uh, are they replacing Reuben and Simeon in in their 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 lineage as Reuben and Simeon are, are the firstborn? Or are they just as part of the 12? Or how does this all work in the 12 tribes of Israel and God's plan? Um in Revelation, we we don't see um, we don't see Dan there in Revelation. So it's interesting how all this this thread goes through the the rest of the book. But but tell us a little bit, give us a little insight on this. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know that I have a lot more other than where this is gonna you know play out is in the uh, in the land allotments that are given to the tribes of Israel in uh, Joshua. Uh, the tribe of Levi, they don't, they get cities and they get pasture lands, but they don't, they aren't really their own. They don't have their own land allotment. They are within the tribes and they're there to serve and sacrifice on behalf of the people. Uh, but basically Joseph, he's, he gets kind of, uh, through his sons, he gets kind of two tribe allotments of Manasseh and Ephraim. Uh, and then all the other tribes, uh, besides Levi, they all have their own land allotment. Um, so I don't, I don't know that there's, that there's much else to, uh, point out. And I, and I well, think in this Revelation, is we'll get there, right? In Revelation, uh, it's interesting. Ephraim is taken out and Dan is taken out and Manasseh and Joseph are, um, the, the 12 tribes of Israel, uh, and as as represented by the 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 twelve thousand from each tribe of the hundred forty four thousand, obviously we'll get there. But in Revelation seven, uh, it's just an interesting dynamic here because you have um, um, uh, there there there's also Judah is mentioned first, and then and then Reuben, but. Um, it, it's it's an interesting dynamic how these things are 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 moving and shaking. The twelve tribes is is kind of a moving target here, as we have twelve sons of Israel, but uh, but one son will not get the allotment in the land, and so now we have this provision of the two sons from Joseph. God God seems to be right. working this all out, even though. It, it it seems to be pretty fluid. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think you know we'll have to see what John is doing there when we get into Revelation, and and if there's reasons why he's leaving out Ephraim, uh, I haven't studied that to the extent to to know why. Uh, I know I know some people. Uh, yeah. 
why they think they leave out Dan. Um, sure. But and same reason why. I think of, of Ephraim as well. Ephraim and, and Dan are idolatrous in, in nature. And, and, and so they, they basically take themselves out of the inheritance right. by their idolatry. Yeah. But I think, I think the key thing for Genesis 48 is just the, uh, and we, you see this over and over throughout the narratives is, uh, God's blessing to people and, and God blessing them is not dependent upon their status in the world. And so when the world says, you know, we're going to, we need to bless the firstborn, the firstborn is the, is the first, he's the best. He's the one that can receive the inheritance. God says, I don't operate by the world standards. Um, <coughs> I operate by grace and I, and I give to those that are really, uh, undeserving. And so that's, that's a theme that's played out, um, from the very beginning from, you know, uh, Cain and Abel and Seth and, um, mm -hmm. Abraham who has, you know, uh, he has Ishmael, but the blessing goes to, you know, Isaac and obviously Jacob and Esau is a big one. Um, but, and, but that's, and, that's and, the and thing part and part of that could be the the forecasting or the the shadow the shadowing for, foreshadowing of um, the type of the second Adam. You know, I think we've sure. talked about this. Oh, before, absolutely! But the yeah. second Adam, who is Christ, um, is is mm -hmm. pictured as the one whom the blessing of God and and, and the blessing of God will come through. Um, obviously, in the new covenant. The blessing of God is placed upon those who are from, who are in the second Adam, who are who make themselves a part of 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 His family, and so so there there, there is this this picture here, even in in this as the as the second is is actually the one whom whom will come. But but it's interesting here to me, you know. When we talk about Jacob and Esau, obviously we're talking about the second born here is Jacob is is through the blessings of God. But um, you know, his father Isaac was unwilling to bless both children, um, Jacob and Esau, and now Jacob is blessing both Ephraim and Manasseh. It's that's an interesting dynamic as well. As I'm, I'm guessing that because all twelve tribes are blessed, um, all twelve uh, of the children of God here in uh, are 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 the are the inheritance of the blessing that uh, Ephraim and Manasseh are both blessed. But it's interesting that God chose um, Jacob, but not Esau, and Esau hated Jacob. Jacob, I loved Esau. Right. I hated. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and well, and, and you know the Ephraim and Manasseh. So they both receive a blessing, but the blessing to Ephraim is greater than the blessing to Manasseh because the it's the right hand that's the superior one, and so so Jacob crosses his crosses his hand. So so Joseph comes and he puts the sons in in order. And he's expecting Jacob to put his hand straight out and bless each son. The right hand would be 
the greater blessing would be the hand of the greater blessing. But Jacob switches on him. He does a little switcheroo and Joseph's like, Oh no, 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 stop. And Jake's like, no, this is how it's going to be. And, and, and so the, the greater blessing goes to the younger son, but the, you know, what's, what's even, you know, more, you know, I don't know if interesting or what can be maybe even a little confusing is, is it the, the narrative keys in on here, but, there's a the the rest of the Old Testament really doesn't speak a whole lot about Ephraim and Manasseh. Yes, they're a part of the things; they're in the background and whatnot. But it really uh, is going to track with with Jacob's blessing to Judah, and uh, it's Judah that's going to be you know prophesied that the scepter is going to come. And we'll read that passage here in just a moment. But it's Judah who's going to be of the line of David and of the line of. Uh, the greatest tribe, and that's who ultimately Christ is going to come from. And so, um, I don't, I don't want to say that by any stretch that Genesis forty-eight is insignificant, um, but these blessings to them are very much trumped by the blessing that uh, Judah is going to receive. Um, <clears throat> well, it's interesting. Ephraim forfeits that blessing because Ephraim will become the leading tribe in the northern kingdom. That's where the capital Samaria will be located. And that and 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 the northern kingdom is basically obliterated. And so right. you know <laughs> the, the the you know uh, Ephraim is is no longer, you know, a part of the narrative because of their idolatry and because of their <clears throat> their um, continued uh, rejection of the Lord. And so, you know, Ephraim is basically Samaria and what's left of that. And, and throughout the scriptures, not looked, looked upon as good as, as, as Dan and Ephraim will, will, will be even eradicated from revelation. And so, so it's, it's interesting, all the, all these things that, that God is doing, even, even in this narrative, because God is certainly blessing the northern kingdom, um, there there certainly is this this picture that that they are God's people, that they are blessed, but then they forfeit that blessing as they continue, and and they're completely wiped out by the Assyrians as the northern kingdom is 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 obliterated, and basically what we're left with was, was is Judah and Benjamin. So it's it's uh, it's interesting how all these these things um, come about. Let's go to chapter forty nine, Tim. You mentioned uh, you mentioned Judah. Uh, why is why is Simeon and uh, Simeon and um, <clears throat> yeah? Why why is Reuben and Simeon uh, why are they kind of passed over by Judah here? Um, I mean, I don't know that there's a great answer for that. Uh, I know when you think back of their birth narratives, um, these are, you know, these are sons of Leah, not Rachel. They're sons of Jacob's first wife. And it seems that maybe the, uh, the first sons, um, like they're born and they're, uh, she's kind of spiteful. And she's kind of rubbing in to her sister, like, hey, look at me, I'm pregnant, I'm having sons. Um, and and their names are in somewhat reflective of that. Like, 
uh, uh, Simeon is, you know, the Lord hears, like he's heard me, he hasn't heard you. Uh, and, and I think if I remember right, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank on exactly what chapter it is, but, but Judah is, is more of one of praise and worship. Uh, and it's, and it's coming from a heart that of Leah is just, uh, in a better state of mind in, in thinking about what the Lord has done for her. Um, I, you know, so, so is that, is that right? Is that why? Because the heart of the one well, who gave birth. To let's look at it. Words. I don't here, know. Here, here, let's look at verse, uh, or chapter 49, verse, uh, verse three, Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might and first fruits of my strength. So he is the firstborn preeminent in dignity and preeminent in power unstable as water you shall not have preeminence because you went up to your father's bed then you defiled it he went up to my couch so uh you're you're not going to have the preeminence uh reuben because you basically slept with one of my wives and that 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 again that's 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 reuben's downfall right of of his uh his his downfall is due to um his wickedness in that area of his life. And then Simeon and Levi are brothers. Weapons of violence are their swords. Let my soul come not into their counsel. Oh, my glory. Be not joined to their company, for in their anger they killed men, and in their willfulness they hamstrung oxen. Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce in their wrath, for it is cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. And so Simeon then and Levi are uh, the leaders. We remember the story of of Dinah, right? And uh, and and the brothers uh, basically just wiping out a whole town of people. And uh, so and 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 really, our conclusion in that story of Dinah was the fact that it was really against uh, God, and it was against uh, and Jacob was not pleased by that he has made him, them a stench in all the land. And so uh, the brothers the brothers decided that they were uh, going to retaliate in vengeance against um, what had been done to their sister. And in doing so, um, they take vengeance into their own hands. And as a result, you know, th- th- this is interesting, as, as we'll see Levi later with... Um, with Moses and uh, the the golden calf incident, it, it is it is the Levites who are armed with the swords who who uh, basically have the vengeance upon their brothers for um, their their idolatry. Um, and it's interesting. Levi will be now the the priest, the priestly tribe, as um, they are really protectors of of the temple and everything that happens in the temple. So all of that, right, is, is, is at in play here as, as Levi will be. Um, uh, and I, and I think that, that there is some um, like uh, essence here of that Levi in his anger and in his vengeance and in his wrath, he is, um, the hand of the Lord, meaning he is the protector of, of what is righteous and good. And so even the Levitical priesthood, um, you know, their, their goal should be to protect the holiness 
of God and the temple and the worship of God that is correct. And so um, they they should be uh, they should be guys that 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 want it to be right. And so it's interesting how that dynamic plays out. Um, and then you have Judah. Tell us about Judah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let me just just read it. Uh, Judah, your brothers shall praise you. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons shall bow down before you. Judah is a lion's cub. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He stooped down. He crouched as a lion and as a lioness. Who dares rouse him? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until tribute comes to him, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. Binding his foal to the vine and his donkey's colt to the choice vine, he was washed. He has washed his garments in wine and his vesture in the blood of grapes. His eyes are darker than wine and his teeth whiter than milk. Um, yeah, so, so just, you know, a uh, couple things. One, um, from both a Christian perspective and even a, a Jewish perspective, uh, this is a, a messianic text. It's a messianic prophecy. Uh, that that from the line of Judah will come the promised one, the deliverer. Uh, I believe there in verse 8, you have allusions back to Genesis 3.15, where he says, your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. It's this uh, visual that, that from Judah is going to come one who's going to crush the head of the serpent, uh, crush the head of his enemies. Um, and you have this, this ruling aspect that there is, that, that Judah is going to be uh, or from Judah anyway, will come kings and royalty, um, and that the one who would um, eventually deliver God's people will be seen uh, as a king, and and there's there's permanence to it. Um, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, um, and so uh, and then you have you know, and and I don't think we have time to track down all of them. Uh, I, I didn't prepare to track down all of them, but you, but you do have these allusions to things that occur in the life of Christ, where it's believed that he's fulfilling this, um, binding his, his foal to the vine and his donkey's colt to the choice vine. Um, he's washed his garments in wine. Uh, that, that picture gets picked up uh, both in Psalm 2 and then in, in Revelation. Uh, where Jesus comes and his uh, his his garments are covered in blood, so so wine and blood are are oftentimes uh, wine is a, a symbol of blood. Um, yeah. So so so, so you just have a lot of references there as well. Yeah, yeah the oh, prophets absolutely. are going to pick yeah. up these as well. Zechariah, the donkey's colt, right? The vine. Yes. Jesus speaks of the vine. I'm the vine. He says, "I'm the vine." You are the branches. Right, right. He who abides in me shall bear much fruit. And so the, you know, the I am the vine. And then the the tribute comes. That's an interesting, that's an interesting uh topic of scripture. We actually talked about that um either last time or the time before. But the tribute is in the victorious warrior who defeats the enemy of death and sin, he actually distributes these gifts as tribute. And this is where we get the idea of spiritual gifts. And so this Mm -hmm. tribute um, is given to the conquering warrior who then distributes the gifts to uh, his people. And so this, this idea of spiritual gifts comes from 
Psalm 68, Ephesians chapter 4, and other places. Mm -hmm. And so you have the tribute there. You have the ruler's staff, the scepter, um, which again, uh, I, I think that scepter will, will come in, in Psalm chapter 2 as well. And then you have uh, this, this, um, this washing of the garments, as you mentioned, in the blood of grapes, washing the garments in the blood. All, all, all of these, uh, these references here, I think, I think this deserves a, a deeper study, Tim. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe in your biblical theology, uh, you can trace um, these ideas in, in verse um, nine through eleven, even even twelve. His eyes are darker than wine, and his teeth whiter than milk. It's an interesting topic. It, it's describing what he looks like. Um, and I guess it's probably trying to describe him as, as, as a, as a good looking man. Right. And Judah will have David who is, who is, who is pleasing to the eyes and, and right. others, but, but we know that Christ will not be that, but, but it's interesting. These, these things right here in the, in this topic, how they, how they are actually coming through throughout the entire book, these these ideas of of this prophecy here in Judah. Yeah, and and I actually for uh, one of my classes, I I had I traced a kind of a biblical theology of the Messiah, and and took it from Genesis to to Revelation. Uh, I didn't look at every single text, but but this was one of them that I brought up that. Um, that is definitely speaking messianically, um, and uh, and and a lot of these things will play up, will show up in the life of Christ as Christ shows Himself to be uh, the ultimate King, uh, the one who will, you know, have ultimate victory over the enemy, who will be the serpent crusher. Um, and so, so Jesus shows himself to be the greater and, and better Judah. Yeah, obviously, yeah, obviously Jesus is coming and as the lion of Judah. And uh, it's, it's an interesting um, dynamic all the way through the book as we look to who, who, this, who this will be, who will come through the lion, the lion and the lion of Judah, right? <clears throat> yeah. Um, so, so let's finish this this book, man. We we uh, we have then the rest of the um, the the other the other sons, and uh, and there, there's there's quite a bit of blessing here for J Joseph. Um, um, you know, is there any significance in the blessings of Joseph? Uh, you know, I think that's a good question. It just says Joseph is a fruitful bough, a fruitful bough by a spring. His branches run over the wall. Uh, the archers bitterly attacked him, shot at him, and harassed him severely. Yet his bow remained unmoved. His arms were made agile by the hands of the mighty one of Jacob. From there is the shepherd, the stone of Israel by the God of your father who will help you by the almighty who will bless you with blessings of heaven above blessings of the deep that crouches beneath blessings of the breasts and of the womb. Um, and, and it even 
goes on. I, you know, Joseph's blessing is the longest of the blessings. Um, now he doesn't yeah. he doesn't get the blessing of of the Messiah coming from him. He's not going to be uh, kind of the chosen one, uh, but the blessing is appropriate for him in that uh, it's Joseph has been the key character through the closing kind of movement of, of Genesis. Uh, you have, you have a very quick kind of insert of, of Judah, uh, which, which is important, but Joseph is the, is the key character there. And so uh, as such, it's appropriate. I think that, that he has the, the, the blessing and and it's all good. It's, it's, it's good. And and then there's other ones that are good too, right? I mean, um, Asher's food shall be rich and he shall yield Royal delicacies. Um, you know, I guess it's kind of more neutral, um, you know, and, and so, yeah. uh, and is going to have beautiful women, right? <laughs> Something like that. Is it dough? Beautiful women that bears beautiful, beautiful fawns. Beautiful yeah. deer. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, um, I mean, I would say, I would say that, uh, that, uh, uh I would, I would say that they're going to have beautiful women. Right. And I, and listen, I I haven't, you know, it, it, I'm sure you could find a commentary, uh, or somewhere where they've connected and, and, and kind of traced out how these blessings play out within these specific tribes when you get into, you know, uh, Samuel and Kings and, and, and whatnot. Um, but it, it does seem to be, you know, Joseph has the longest blessing. Judah has the, the most significant blessing, uh, and that really seems to be, you know, the two characters that uh, the author is is really wanting to take note of. Um, now, I, now I that I think about it, I think my, I, now that I think about it, I think my wife is actually from the tribe of Naphtali. There you go. Mine too. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I think the, the other one that's interesting uh, is Dan, right? Verse 17. Uh Dan shall be a serpent in the way, a viper by the path that bites the horse's heels so that his rider falls backward. Um, you know, there's there's some believe, you know, you have the the idea of the the Antichrist, that the Antichrist might come from the tribe of Dan. Um there, you know, the the land that they uh inherit is uh the land of Bashan, which is oftentimes um, has this, this connotation of, of, of evil, of bad things go on in Bashan. Um, and, and so, uh, Dan's interesting and he's one of the tribes that, uh, yeah, he's one of the, the Northern tribes where they're going to set up, uh, the, the, uh, this, the false God. Um, and then he's left out of the tribes in, in Revelation. So, um, you know, just a couple of interesting things to note there. It's good stuff. Do you have any more on these, right, these blessings or? Yeah. No, I, I mean, Benjamin, that that's who I want to be. A ravenous wolf. A ravenous wolf. In the morning devouring the prey and evening dividing the spoil. Dude, he can, he can get up and go, man. He's, he's a warrior. Right. Let's, let's be real. I mean, Benjamin, he's, He's not. He's not messing around. He's got. He's got older brothers in this. In this story, who, who uh, he's got to be. He's got to be a uh, ravenous wolf, or else he's going to be devoured, just like Joseph was. And so he. He probably 
knew how to handle himself pretty well. Yeah. And, and thus far his yeah. descendants probably did as well. No, I, and, and that is, a, that is a thing that, that ha- is that the tribe of Benjamin are known as some of the, the mightiest warriors. The warriors. Uh, right. the, two, so, the two Saul is going to come from. Saul, um, right. Yep. So uh, then good. in the kind of the closing verses of uh, Genesis 49, uh, Jacob is, is, is going to die. Um, and it's, it's, uh, but, but before he does, he's, he's basically, uh, makes this plan that he's going to be gathered back, uh, and, and nothing too, you know, significant here, but, but it's mentioned that, uh, that, uh, he wants to go back to the cave that is at the field at Machpelah, which is to the east of Mamre in the land of Canaan, which Abram bought with the field from uh, Ephron the Hittite to possess as a burying place. And we've looked at that cave of Machpelah and, and back in Genesis 23, the, there's these, you know, it's a place where there's these beautiful trees that are around there. Uh, it's the only portion of the land that Abraham actually owns and it's his burial place. Uh, and I believe and and, and, you know, there, it's supposed to be seen as a, as a, as a Eden like place. Uh, a mm-hmm. place of God's rest and peace, and the only way that uh, that that Abraham is there and Jacob is going to be there and their descendants are going to be there is through death. Um, and so I think there's this significance of this place is yes, you f- the, the way to find rest in God is through death. Um, yeah. And so this that's that's uh, where Jacob is heading. Um, Genesis 50, uh, it's just basically Jacob has died. There's a great procession, uh, both of, of <coughs> Jacob's family, uh, as well as people from Egypt. They come and they, they, they have this great procession. The, the, the nations that are in the land are like, wow, the Egyptians are coming. Um, they're saying in, down in verse 11 of chapter 50, this is a grievous mourning by the Egyptians. Um, and so they they name the place after their mourning, uh, and so there's just this great scene of 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 uh, a, a burial procession as the, uh, as they take Jacob to be buried there. Um, I don't know if there's anything significant that you want to bring out there, Rob. Yeah, it'd be interesting to go and visit the cave of Machpelah. Uh, you know, I, I, I haven't thought about visiting that, that site, but that would be a a pretty cool site if there's, um, um, if there, if, if you're able to, I'm, I'm, I I don't know that you're actually able to visit the cave of Machpelah because of, um, because of the, um, political issues in the area, but, uh, you know that that would be a cool site to visit. Uh, I think it would. Uh, I'm reading here that uh, that Herod had built a building on top of on top of the cave of Machpelah as, as a dedication to he that, would. that site. But but uh, yeah, <laughs> but <clears throat> um, uh, yeah. So so you know that that's an interesting dynamic though that that. Uh, that cave of Makla and the, the owning of property in Canaan, pretty much the fulfillment of 
of you know the promise to Abraham, but but you, I liked how you you looked forward to the to the ultimate promise of you know <clears throat> a return to the Garden of Eden, and uh, you know ultimately that's what we're that's what we're looking for, and 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 that going back to the uh, the prophecies about Judah, his eyes are darker than wine, his teeth whiter than milk. It, it's it's looking forward to the promised land and 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 the greater promised land, which will be a return to Eden, which will be, you know, the new Jerusalem. Uh, so all of those things playing out through the scriptures, but it, it this is a. Uh, this is an end of, of, of you know the story of the beginning and uh, end of you know Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob here. And uh, as we end, um, we're we're left with you know the 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 prophecy what God had foretold uh, to Abraham is now going to come true that that his people will be in Egypt for for 400 years and um, back in in early Genesis and now they're moving into Egypt and uh, you know you pick up the story of Moses in Exodus but as you end this story in chapter 50, uh, you have, you know, one of the more famous portions of Joseph's life where he buries his father and his brothers are nervous that now that his father is dead, that he's going to enact vengeance upon them. And uh, you want to read that section? Yeah, so so Genesis 50 um they said verse, verse 15, 15. let's start Joseph, there yeah yeah, yeah they, they joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead they said it may be that joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him um and so basically they, they're gonna try to uh do some trickery and they they send a message to joseph saying your father gave this command before he died say to joseph please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you and now please forgive uh the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. And so, so they, they basically lie to Joseph. Cause I don't, I don't think Joe Jacob said that, but they're like, Oh man, we're going to be in trouble. Uh, but, but Joseph, after seeing everything that's happened and after understanding and being able to look back upon his life and see that God was with him, had a plan. Uh, he says to them, this is probably, might be one of the most important verses in all of Genesis. But Joseph <coughs> said to them, do not fear for I am in, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you mm. meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Um, and that's really, you know, can be a, a just a, a a theme verse for all of Genesis, and, and I, I think it's possible that that may have been Moses's intention. These are the last uh, spoken, well, I guess not quite the last spoken words of Joseph, uh, but but it, it's you know, bring up my bones, see... baby. That's his yeah, last right, word. right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bring <laughs> up my bones. Uh, <laughs> give, me, give me my bones. Uh, bring them back, baby. 
Give me the oh promised my. land. Uh, no, but but in every story, there's horrendous evil that takes place. And all right, you done with the bones? You got? <laughs> I'm, I'm done with bones. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> uh, but but in every story in Genesis, there's man intends great evil and destruction, and he's chaotic and he's rebellious, mm. Mm. and uh, and yet throughout out all of that, God is working through the evil to bring about good for the salvation of His people. Um, and that's, you know, you see that, you see that in the, you see that in the gospel, right? Uh, yeah, man intended evil in crucifying Christ. And yet through the greatest, most horrific act in human history was the greatest good that brought salvation. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. that is how God operates in the world. Yeah. And, and let's bring that out today. I mean, we, we feel the evil of man. Uh, all, all every single day, um, we we see it, we feel it, we experience it, and God is working all things together for the good of those who love Him and called according to His purposes, and that's what He's doing in these passages of Scripture as well. Is He is bringing about the good for man through the evil uh, decisions of mankind and uh let's let's talk about that because i think when we when we go back to the garden of eden how could god allow this to happen well he 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 allowed uh mankind to do evil even in the beginning uh so that he could work good through their evil i mean that's 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 the gospel message that's what you just shared in christ and so when we when we decide when we ask all these questions about why and this and that like we should be reminded of the story of Joseph and how God um, works even the evil in our world and the decisions that mankind makes that are evil um, for His good and for His people's good. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know it's a and, good reminder. And as we come down, as we come down to the last to the last uh to to the last days tim we 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 need to be reminded of this like we're entering into revelation uh next week and uh we are we're going to be reminded of this throughout the book of revelation that god is actually uh, even in the wicked and evil and persecution of the saints that god is doing something much greater than we could ask or imagine or or think yeah about Things are things are not as they appear. We look at the world and we see nothing but chaos. We see nothing but injustice. Uh, we see hatred. Uh, we see just in our own lives brokenness and sin. Uh, and and it's really easy for us as believers to get wrapped up in think, man, what you know has God lost control? Like. How can this happen? And I think this is this will be a great segue into Revelation. What I think how Revelation is meant to be read. And here I'm just kind of showing my cards is a little bit, but it's an unveiling of this is what you see in the world. But here's what's going on from an eternal perspective, from a spiritual Show perspective. Me. 
he's 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 lifting up the veil and letting us yeah you see all this chaos you see all these martyrs that are dying well here's what's really going here's what's really happening behind the scenes and it gives mm. incredible hope for the believer that things are not as they appear that god is firmly in control that he is firmly victorious um and and we can be we can be encouraged and have incredible hope and this is why you know martyrs around the globe are able to give up their life and and are able to to you know be singing praises to the lord while they're being beaten in prison because they have an yeah. understanding of a of a greater reality that exists um and that that this world is is just uh it's completely in the hands of the lord and they have no ultimate authority yeah, you must be in Missouri right now because you're showing me something. You must be from the show me state, bro. <laughs> showing so... me something. Show me your. Comments. Oh man! All right, dude. We're we're uh, we're 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 ending our Genesis time. You know, I think I would love to end our time with a prayer over our listeners. So. Um, if I could do that, Tim, for us, I, I think we, we should end every book with with a prayer. And I'd love to to pray over those who have, have stayed with us through 50 chapters of Genesis here. Let me, pray, let me pray for them. Yeah. Father, we thank you for um, those that are listening to your word. And uh, we just pray uh, right now that um, the word would transform our lives and our hearts and minds and that we would be people who are increase, uh, Father, increase our faith through your word and our understanding of, of the word and our knowledge of the word, that we may be people who hear the word and respond to the word in action. And uh, Father, just thank you for um, your word in Genesis, the truths of your word, and that we see how you are interacting and how you work in our world, all the things that you are doing um, through your uh, coming one who will be Christ. And uh, Lord, just thank you for the book of Genesis and that uh, we're able to hear and understand it and uh, just continue to give us wisdom. So we'll walk through the book of Revelation next week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 It is the creed good, indeed, man. Yeah, it's the creed indeed. And we'll see you next week in Book of Revelation. We expect our listeners to grow by 100 times what we have right now. So uh, if, you, if you're not on the creed indeed, you better get on. Because it's, it's, it's live and it's hot. Let's do this. See you.